AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song? Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 Plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Like, you know, I told you I have a twin brother. You guys, most people know that. We were womb-mates. I love that term, womb-mates. And don't I have tell, a, I don't have you, like you guys. Every you one of you guys. around the room. Yeah, but says, we were womb-mates. He looked around to see. <laughs> but every one of you guys were laughing, but without, like, acknowledging that that was funny. Episode 381 with Jake Owen. I believe this is Jake's, over our many years of doing this, third appearance. It is. They're always great. And it's, I tell you, it's harder to interview somebody you're really close to than somebody you don't know. It's way harder. I can remember once doing a long interview with Sugarland, And it was before they had said they were going to get back together. And I just knew all this. And it's like, well, I know stuff. So I don't really know how to. It's, it's just difficult because, like, I know the, the good points, the weird points. The thing about Jake is, and he told me this before, and he was like, bro, go wherever you want to go. I don't care. Let's just go. And Jake's always super vulnerable and very transparent. And that's why I like him. I mean, there are times we've declared our love for each other. There are times we fought with each other on this. That that other one. I wish yeah. they'd stop playing it as a promo clip on that, the radio that was the station. first episode, yeah. Oof. But Jake's on, and this was really good. I expected no less. Jake's always pound for pound the best interview that we have on the radio show, too. And so we talk about what I found to be super interesting was his name, I knew his name was Josh, his legal name, but I didn't know how he and why he picked Jake. I just thought Jake sounds country, so that's what he picked. I didn't know why. I didn't know why he didn't go with Josh. Josh sounds country. I have, I have friends from the country. My cousin's named Josh. But it all makes sense once he tells the story. What do you agree? Yeah. But first time I'd ever heard of that detail, and I hang out with him, but also I do have the luxury of asking him questions I would never ask when we hang out. It's different, yeah. Very. I, I have like a free pass to go to places professionally 
with him that I probably wouldn't ask if we're just having dinner because we have real life stuff to talk about. Yeah, it'd be weird to come up just naturally. Yeah, and be like, hey, tell me about when you're uh, <laughs> preparing for a tour and like that rehearsal part of it. Like what? I mean, I could. I guess I just don't. It's just weird. But Jake is a really good friend of mine at this point in my life. Like we hang out. Our wives are really good friends. And I was really proud of this. And I think people will like it, don't you? I do. And I think it's way different than the other two we've done. Got a new song called Up There, Down Here. Here's a little clip of that one. She's a little up there, down here. He's touring on his 46-date headlining Up There, Down Here tour. Uh, Travis Denning and Mackenzie Carpenter uh, are going to be with him. Go to jakeowen.net to get tickets to that. That's all. Like, let's just go and get to it. This is Jake Owen, and we're getting closer to 400, which is crazy. Yeah, we're doing this we've a done, long we've time. We've done a lot of these shows. we got a library here. Of just inf- <laughs> we really have information. Here's Jake Owen on the Bobbycast. What's up, dude? What are you wearing? What is that? What do you mean? I don't know. It's like a jumpsuit or something. I have one of those. Caitlin won't let me wear it. You won't? No. Why? Because I, I have a red one. Or, yeah, it's awesome. I actually... Okay, so this is... Um, there's a, a Faraday brand, which does a lot of cool flannels and things like that. They uh, partnered with this guy, Raylan Baxter, who also lives in Kingston Springs, where where we live, uh, who makes great music. And this kind of... Some of the money kicks back to his camp that he does for music for kids and whatnot. And so I bought it offline. Yeah, and I've been like wearing a, it a lot lately, a, and I feel exactly. like it's a full-grown pajama set. For it's a full bodysuit, and I have one that I I'd tried to wear it. once, and she told me I couldn't wear it. I'd recommend it. I just uh, was grabbing some pho. Well, I'm glad you did. You wore it, because now I can be like, look, Jake wore it. I should wear mine. Well, I, was, I just saw Tyler Hubbard at the, at the pho place, and his first comment was, dude, that is an awesome jumpsuit. Like, I, oh, Is man. that a jumpsuit? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm encouraging the jumpsuit, so that's good. Hey, I didn't know uh, you were doing a whole 50, basically 50 date tour next year. Are you? Am I? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am, yeah. I didn't think you were doing a bunch of shows, like a whole bunch of shows next year. Uh, I'm doing enough, you know? Yeah, 46 is a lot. Yeah. That's what I mean, says. not really, not really consid- con- compared to what I've done in previous years. I- I'm not used to only doing that amount of shows, but uh, it is a lot of shows. It's a lot to be on the road, especially as my little girls are growing. But 46 doesn't mean that's every show i'm just saying as one tour 40 i didn't know you were doing a 46 date like tour i guess that's why you're rehearsing are you rehearsing now i am what do you do do you rent out a space uh we do from time to time i've done everything from have rehearsals at my barn uh at my property to do the thing that every other artist does and get a rehearsal spot um and then also we're we get our audio gear from um sound image we we rehearse there, so we got a few different ones. When you rehearse, you're not really practicing how to play songs, or are you? And or are you practicing where you're going to run and if flames shoot up? Like what? No, it? no, no, no. Uh, I think I no, I don't. I don't ever practice or plan that stuff. That's probably why I'm decent at it. Is at, at entertainment value because I don't. I don't put a lot of emphasis on what it's going to be. I'm excited for what it can be. Um, but that's not the rehearsal. Like I'm going to run over here. In the middle of this song. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But we do rehearse the uh, so-called schematics of what the songs shall be and should be and what the show should feel like. So you can have a game plan, so-called, and then have audibles. So we just kind of work, work on what fits best for the game plan and then how we can throw audibles based upon how that game plan goes. Do you have one of those mics that you can only talk to your band? We have a couple of them. And do you uh, ever worry that one's accidentally going over the... I have definitely thought about that before on, on some things that I've said. Previously. Has it ever gone out? Though? No, 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 never, no. But even things I've said on closed mics, I look back upon them and think, man, I should not have probably said that. 
I'm a human. Because anything can be recorded. Do you record every show? We do. We do. We try to, which is another thing that I'm working on right now, too, is taking all those live recordings that we've done for quite some time and putting them together as like a live album. Because one of my favorite things to do is play live music, and I feel like it represents me well when people see me do my thing. Yeah, I want to hear, though, what you say in that microphone, though. You have to leave that in there. That would be funny, actually. Like when you're getting on somebody for... Would you get on to somebody on that mic, specifically? Uh... No, not no, never. I'm one of these like I might joke with someone every now and then if they if they miss a note or something that I hear, but I mess up all the time. So and nobody gets on there and says, "Hey, you messed up." Like but you pay that, but you paid. You're the one that writes the checks. Yeah, but even if you write the check to people, you can't tell them what they're doing wrong all the time. Like you just got to be like, "Hey, man, I heard you missed that note." You know, hopefully we don't do that again. <laughs> you know, but I'm not like, "Hey, you missed it. You owe me my money back." Can you hear if somebody misses a note? Totally. The same way somebody can hear if I'm missing a note, you know? I mean, it's just, especially when you play every day together. But most of the time, it's not that they're just missing the note because they don't know it. It's missing the note because you're distracted or something's going on. Um, I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll see people singing the lyrics in my songs, and I'll think, wow, they're singing every lyric to that song. And that's what I'm thinking is, wow, this person knows all the lyrics of the song. And what I'm not thinking is what the next line is in the actual song I'm singing. So if you take your mind off autopilot sometimes and concentrate on other things, there's there's room for error. Do you know every word to all the songs, or do you have to relearn them if you take some time off? I'm pretty good with learning. I know every word pretty much to every song. Not just yours, but Not every just song ever. Most of them, except there's lots of times like this morning where I just don't know where like my wallet is. You know, so, so you're using that. I'm just like, how can I know every word to, you know, Chumbawamba? You know, which is very random pull, but not know where my wallet is that I had last night. I put an air tag in mine so I can find it. Which is annoying because any other person that you're around gets alerted that someone near you has an air tag. I saw it popping up on your phone the other day. Yeah. And you kept going, Why is this popping up on my phone? I, I like, but I didn't say it. I was just like, Somebody's got but an air tag. But I saw you going, What the? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, air tags are cool for that person that doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose their stuff. Exactly. But for everybody else that can keep track of their stuff. But you can't keep track. You just said you couldn't keep track of yours. I'm not, I'm no, but I'm out of respect to, like, that day I knew where my stuff was, but you didn't. Or, no, you, you, or did. you did, you just needed the affirmation yeah. of where it was. First of all, the AirTag's battery was running low, and that's why it was popping up. Well, yeah, that can be a problem. Yes, but now it's fully charged, but I, I kept seeing it pop up on your phone, and you didn't say anything, but I did see the annoyance. Well, I had a bad experience on my tour bus one time of someone that had an AirTag that didn't know they had an AirTag. Does that make sense? So therefore, I kept saying, someone on here has an AirTag, because it's not me. And I keep getting alerts that you have an AirTag, and everybody's like, I don't have an AirTag. This went on for like two weeks, and I would get these ups. Like, someone's tracking us then. Mm-hmm. Someone's for sure trying to figure out where we are. And then one day, my buddy is like, God, man, <laughs> I, I have an air tag, and it's been, it's, been, <laughs> it's been in his like dot kit for two weeks. So, Caitlin and I went to the Caribbean, whatever Turks and Caicos, wherever that is, Turks and Caicos, maybe the Caribbean. And so we, we went over, we had suitcases, and they were like, we'll mail them back. You don't have to take them through uh, customs. It's part of our service. I'm like, we're like, great. So we put air tags in suitcases and then they lost our bags. And we didn't see them for, I don't think, two months maybe. But we knew by the air tags, they were somewhere in the airport in Miami. So the air tags don't die? No, not for almost a year. And then the battery. So, starts- so the batteries on your ones on the, on the airplane the other day that were going off or whatnot, they just happen to be about a year old. A year old. That's exactly. Well, that one. And so since that one was low, we went and changed the ones on our dogs too. But so I could use. Air tags on my dogs for sure. 
Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Because it wrecked my couple days. It wasn't even my oh, dog. I, well, yeah, I wasn't even. Oh, that's what I thought you meant. Do you just want to talk about air tags on dogs? I no, don't know. Do you want to talk? I do about, have. Do air, I want to talk about well, my dog? Air and tags why. on dogs. I've saved Eller, our dog, who runs away. We track her. We were, I was working in another country, Costa Rica, and Eller escaped. <sighs> and I was calling who was staying at her house. Like, yeah, she's three blocks down, and she was like tracking her as I was like telling her where she was. So yes, get air tags for your dogs. But your dog. Ours have run off so many times that I don't know why we don't have air tags on them you know what i mean it's something that seems like every time i get mad i'm so mad i'm like you know it was, what day was it la- i don't know we were chasing them on christmas morning i think it was i think it was christmas morning and our dogs ran off and uh we have you know quite a bit of acreage too and um to think that they aren't <laughs> happy enough on the acreage that they have and it makes you a little upset to think that they want more anymore you're, you not, you're not providing right the wide open space they'd really love and naturally. Yeah, it's weird. Be, yeah. But anyways, they run off a lot, and I could use one. And speaking of talking about it, we did, as you know, uh, misplace one of our dogs the other day who doesn't really move a lot. Most people out there— I don't think you misplaced him. I, we didn't, but it just in a way, I, our dog Merle, who I've had for almost 14 years, bulldog, uh, found his way down the hill of our property and couldn't find his way back up. Um, and he was there overnight by himself. We couldn't find him. We had to call the search team off when it got dark, and then the next morning we found him. So all is well with Merle, in case you were wondering. I'm not wondering because I was hitting up Erica like, found the dog. I don't want to hit Jacob and bother him. He found the dog. I called you. You were at rehearsal, so I went right to your voicemail, and then I hit Erica. I found the dog, and then finally she woke up that morning. I said, hey, she goes, we found the dog. I'd exhausted all options. I really did. I mean, from the worst case scenario of, well, maybe, like I said, we live on property, so maybe coyotes. But there's no way that could happen. There was no sign of it. Nothing. No, no blood. No, no, I mean, you're right. There was none of that. There was no, uh, there was nothing. There was no, there was no trail of him. There was no, and I, he couldn't, you could leave him for 24 hours and this dog would not move 15 feet. And you had a he, theory. He yep. had moved literally how many feet? Uh, almost shoot quarter of a mile seriously like and you think he actually made that homeward bound or do you think somebody I, well part of me <laughs> there's a part of me that feels guilty he's at this age as a as a dog where i don't want to let him go yet i know there's the dog owners and people out there that are like you can't let him suffer he's not suffering he loves his life he goes out lays right in the sun he can move fine some days some days his arthritis whatever gets up on him and so he doesn't move well and um I just don't. I can't put him down yet. Like he's healthy. The, the but there's doc- no need to put him down. I don't think you have to justify not putting him down when there's no need. But to there's put him a down. lot of people. I think that. Well, they, a lot of people are idiots. Well, just there are people that are ask me all the time. Like, man, why, why don't you put him down? He doesn't really. He doesn't do anything. I'm like, well, just for being he old. Likes, he likes not doing anything. You know, he's kind of chilling. But anyways, he did move that night. Uh, we built him a nice new ramp for his for his uh, his kennel that we have. Like nice heaters in there for him. Everything, and. Uh, he decided to venture down the hill instead. And part of me does feel guilty getting at what I was saying. It's because I was like, well, maybe this was his journey. Like, maybe people say dogs venture off to kind of do their thing and maybe pass on. And like, maybe I, you did <laughs> maybe a- he made it all the way down there and was like, why? Why? I was just why? about to give up. <laughs> yeah. It was like that Craig Morgan song. Like, I was, I was almost home, you know? I don't think that's the case. But that, the night, like close to that, you were like, maybe he just wandered off and disappeared. You didn't think he died. You, I, there, yeah, thought he no, just disappeared into the space. He's a fighter, man. He's been been there for a lot of things in my life. That's so. awesome. He's that old though. But I feel like I feel like he he would have told me in a way he would have been able to tell me bye before he just wandered off. 
Maybe you just want to go down by the river. Fart snort combo. Yeah, he's. We got him back though. We're, he's he's good. He's healthy. He was chilling in the sun when we left the house earlier. He was just out there. I was talking to Caitlin because what she said to me that was funny. She said, "You know," she goes, "I." She was listening to your music. She goes, "I just want to know his music better since we're friends." Because she's never, not in a bad way, but she's never been like a massive Jake Owen music fan. I am not offended. No, by no, that. it's not an offensive thing at all. That's why I'm not offended. But she was like, she was listening to your music because I feel like since we're friends, I should know his music at least a little better. And it right. was it was really cool of her to do. And so we were playing cards, and we turned it on, and my favorite song, well, one of them, down to, down to the honky tonk. I was like, this is the most underrated Jake song of all time. Thank you. Thoughts. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I agree with you that it's a, it feels like a, like a good hit song. I've never been to like an underrated thing, like of like, oh. Uh, Underheralded. Un, un, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's heralded for what it is. It works really well live. Like if I look at it from a competitive standpoint of this would have been a great addition to a number one thing. Heck yeah. That'd be cool. But it did what it did. And, uh. Yeah, it's a big song for sure. Thank you. I like that song a lot. I, me too. I would think that when you play that one, people know that one as well as some of the other number ones. Yeah, if not better. You can look at like Spotify numbers and whatever. Not that I do. That I do all the time, I'm not going to lie. And uh, and it'll show that you that it didn't, it may not have been a number one song, but it streams and, and sells right. as much as any other one. Did you take any sort of music class or lessons at all when you were a kid? Trumpet, guitar, guitar no, lessons. No. Learn to play anything at all with anybody, even one lesson at all. Yeah, yeah. I definitely took a couple lessons once I got into like wanting to play guitar. I took a lesson from this uh, this old guy, Paul. How old? How old was he? How old were you? Oh, was I? I was maybe not eighteen or nineteen. And with the intention of learning just to play guitar, just so to sing. play better. I taught myself a little bit, but this guy was a member of the Grand Ole Opry. And happened to be in my little hometown of Vero Beach, Florida, which I thought was cool. And I kind of, I think it was more or less of sitting with him and hearing stories. But uh, I never got really any better than I was when I was 19 or 20. Have you taken lessons uh, playing golf? I have. You played, obviously, in college and high school. Was there a golf team at your high school? Yep. Were you a good high school golfer? I was. Were you the best high school golfer? Um, like, no. like around you in the area? No. So you played golf at a collegiate level, and you weren't the best in your high school, like your area? There's a lot of kids in my area where I'm from that are just really good at a lot of things, which is why maybe, I will, I will, say, I will not just say maybe, I will say that one of the reasons I think I've always been challenged to be better at things is because there was always people better than me around me. So no matter what I was doing as a kid, there was someone who was always better pushing us to want to be like that guy. Or what like, about acting? Take lessons for that? No. That's, this is all my point. That's what I was going to get to, so we just walked there together. It feels like acting is something you'd like to do more of. I would for sure. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It it was something that kind of was came it felt good doing it. So So here we are. You wanted to be an artist, guitar player, you took guitar lessons. You wanted to be a golfer, you took lessons and you want to now act. So I got to take lessons. Well, I'm asking you. I mean, is it? I would. Is I it, would. Are you passionate enough about it to go like next level and start to train? I don't want to say classically, but at least a little more classically, where you got to learn from somebody that's done it. Totally. I so one of my favorite things to do is learn from people that are that are the best at it or do it. Uh, even for Christmas, I gave my mom master class 
Um, cause I love, I love that. I love watching all these different masters, whether it be Aaron Franklin and his barbecuing. You did that one? Yeah. I did Steve Martin, but that's okay. funny. You did barbecuing. Did yeah. you learn anything? Totally. Tons. That's awesome. Tons. One, oh, get this. One time I was doing masterclass magic and Caitlin walked in. We first started dating and she, yeah, I was doing, I just started and I stopped. I did like two lessons. She made fun of me. I never did it again. I love, so I love masterclass and for anyone listening out there, it's like, a, it's a great. And it was something that I thought was really a great idea that a friend turned me on to as well this Christmas for my mom because she said she's done everything from she's an artist so I thought she'd enjoy the painting side of it but there's someone on there that teaches more like urban art um, cooking my mom loves to cook she's an incredible cook uh, but you can learn from I mean all J- Jake's mom's doing graffiti yeah <laughs> yeah go. <laughs> yeah go home and my mom's like all into crypto she's and marking Bitcoin it. <laughs> Banksy yeah. But hey, you got. I feel like if you stop learning on things that that you're, you, then you're, there's no more excitement for life. Like I just like learning about things, and sometimes I learn that what I'm learning about, I'll never be that good at. So I just move on to, some, to learn about something else I'll, I could be good at. When you did the movie with Casey Affleck, and they approached you, or you heard about an audition, did you have to audition? Mm, no, I met with the producer director. Um, at a lunch in LA one day and we kind of hit it off and I got to give her a lot of credit. Gabri- Gabrielle Copperwaith. Cap- um, she directed the movie. Um, uh, guys, help me out here. I'm on the spot now. She also directed the movie about the, the sea world blackfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about that a lot. I love, I love that documentary. Um, she has twins. I'm a twin. So we just kind of hit it off. And she gave me a ma- – I mean, she stuck her neck out for me to go and do a, what I didn't even think realize was a bigger major-style picture at the time with major actors um, and give me a part to just walk in and pretend I knew what I was doing. And I don't know. I, I did it. I, did, I haven't made a movie since, so maybe I didn't do that good of a job. What was the pressure, or maybe there wasn't, on you when they're like, all right, here we go, action, and you're with people who are – way better than you at that craft did you feel a pressure not to slow it down no 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 i have always thrived uh honestly i've always thrived in moments where i had to do it like i have no way out here's your chance do it and i've always felt like i've been good in those moments when i have to like really practice 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 for something that then has to be exactly like what i practiced i've never been real good at that like i'm real good on my feet i'm good at i'm good at uh just kind of doing it. And um, so not to say that I'm just naturally able to do it. I, I probably should have maybe in a way, but um, I was not nervous. Did you wing it in school? Yeah. Like it was... I did. It feels like you're, you're a crammer. Total crammer. I wasn't the guy that came home every day and took 30 minutes to do his homework, so it was done by the end of the week. I always was like, mom was like, hey, have you done your homework? And I'd say, yeah. And she's like, no, you did it. And I'm like, you're right. I didn't. <laughs> So I would have to go upstairs and do my homework and I would do it and I'd get there to the next day and I'd take a test and I was always like the guy they like made a B, you know, I never got A pluses all, all through, but, uh, but I liked being good at a lot of different things, but I've never been great at one thing. You're ready for a comeback and with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, 
your time. Not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What did your parents think you would be 8th, ninth, 10th grade? If you Great were to ask question. them when you no, were That's something I've never thought about asking them. But hmm, my mom might have told you I might have been a... I'd have no... That's a great question. That's a great question. I would say maybe architect. I like to draw. I love houses. My dad was in the building, kind of housing development style business growing up as a kid. My mom is, like I said, an artist, but she's really creative. So I liked writing. Um, I could have been a teacher, maybe. I love kids. I like te- I like teaching others things. That makes that fulfills me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what they would have told you. Did your mom or dad have any advice for you when you what? said I'm going to go to Nashville and be an artist? Because it feels like your mom. No, to my mom and dad's credit, a when creative. I, your dad more practical. Practical, very great word. My dad was on the phone the night I told my mom and dad I wanted to move to Nashville. Um. And he listened to me. He even tells the story now where he says, yeah, I can tell you had it kind of rehearsed, which is what I contradicting to what I just told you I'd do. I really didn't have it rehearsed. I just knew. And that's my thing. I guess maybe I was good at it in that moment too. I called him up. I knew I wanted to move to Nashville. This is where I could make it if there was a chance. I was 23, 22 years old. Uh, you can always go back to school, but you can't always take back those younger years of your life. That's what I delivered to my mom and dad on the phone. I said, so I want to go to Nashville and I want your blessing my dad just said, when are you thinking of going? And I said, tomorrow. <laughs> and there was a hesitation in his voice. And then he, 
He said, I'll never forget it. He's like, well, sounds like you got your mind made up. I'm proud of you that you could make this phone call. Uh, I will not support you from a financial standpoint as a father, but I'll support you um, as a dad should just being behind you and what you believe in, and I'll be there for you if you need me. Uh, and he definitely, there was a couple times where he definitely helped me financially. <laughs> um, so so he, he, he didn't hold true to that, but... Um, but yeah, I did it. And then my mom's the one that actually got in my forerunner with me and drove up here. And I did. It was a couple days later. I lived in Nashville. Do you remember after you guys got here and you unpacked whatever you unpacked? I don't know. Did you have a trailer or did you just pack your forerunner? I did. I had a little small U-Haul trailer um, that I packed the wrong way uh, b- before coming up here, like whatever weight-wise, because we couldn't go over 45 miles an hour on the way up here because the trailer would shake back and forth like violently. So... Word to the wise, if you're ever packing a U-Haul trailer, there's a way to pack it. I believe it's uh, heavy towards the rear, not so much towards the, like, tailgate, you know? I I, I've never packed a U-Haul. I literally, like, yeah. I couldn't go. I was going 45 miles an hour, and I couldn't go any faster than that. People would come by honking their horn. I'm like, can't you, can't you see my trailer shaking violently behind me? But all along, it was my fault. When she gets here with you, and you unpack everything, and it's time for her to go, did you have that set Well, this in? is where the part came in where my dad helped me out a little bit. So I'd already had it set up, man. I'd made some music in college where I'd made some money um, playing, you know, fraternity parties and sorority stuff and whatever else anybody would pay me to do downtown get downs. Um, and I had some money and I'd set aside enough to where I could pay for at least like six months of rent. Um, even though I signed a year lease, <laughs> I figured I could figure out the next six months, which is again, dancing, you know, I have, if you have to do something, you have to do it. So I had six months. Uh, we got to the place, which I thought I got a good deal on. And my mom was like, yeah, no, you're not living here. And I could see her crying when she dropped me off. And was, I, was it just a bad place, like gross? It, yeah, it was, just, it was pretty gross. Yeah. But I didn't care. And that was what was weird. Is that was I'm, I don't know who that guy was. Like sometimes I overly care about things now in my life and I overanalyze things. And I ask myself, like, should you be doing this? Should you not be doing this? Like that guy back then... Didn't ask himself that at all. He was just like, yeah, okay, cool, mom. Thanks. When are you like, holler at me when you get back to Florida? Um, I'll be good here. That's all I needed was like a place to stay and live. And like, I felt empowered by just being there. Um, and my mom was like, yeah, no. And I could see her outside on the phone, like tearing up. And she called my dad. She's like, we cannot let him stay here. Like there's, I don't feel comfortable leaving him here. So to my mom's credit, she helped me uh, flex a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I got a, an apartment that was like $200 more a month. Because I remember at the time I could get that apartment for like four eighty five, and uh, so it was five hundred bucks. And this other one we found was seven twenty a month, and that's a lot of money, man. And um, so it cut my six month rent down that I had to like four months. <laughs> but my dad helped me a little bit. So you didn't ask for that though. To be fair, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Not, that's still really cool of him. But, but it, it just goes to show you. I mean, you know, no matter who your parents are, and I, I feel guilty sometimes saying that because there's a lot of kids and people that move to this town that don't have any help. They just are moving here on a dream. And I know for a fact that I would not be where I am today, especially if it wasn't for people that helped me along the way. Um, They definitely believed in me and I put forth the effort, but there was a lot of help that I got uh, in ways that made my life easier than most. When your mom drove off to drive back home and to leave you here, were you sad she was leaving and like instantly homesick at least for a minute? Or were you excited that you're now in Nashville it can be both as well, but which one more? Uh, well, for the first time in my life, I was on my own. 
So it was pretty awesome in a weird way because I felt like, you know, I told you I have a twin brother. You guys, most people know that. When you have a twin brother, you're not only doing everything with that person your entire life. From We were roommates, you know, from the time we were with my mom all the way through the time that I left. I love that term, roommates. And don't I act tell, like, I don't act like you, you guys. Because you looked all you guys, around the room. Yeah, but, he says, we were roommates. He looked around to see. <laughs> but every one of you guys were laughing, but without like acknowledging that that was funny. So anyways, uh, when you live with a twin brother your whole life, go to college, uh, I watched my brother be super successful with a lot of things that he's done in his life, and he was proud of me and would push me. But like the minute that I broke away, and I remember Jared saying, "Like, really, you're going to move to Nashville? Like, school to finish, man? Like, don't you want to graduate?" I was like, "No, I don't. I'm ready to go." And I think it blew my brother's mind from a brotherly standpoint. First off, of like, he really is going to like leave me. We've never been apart, so it kind of hurt his feelings, um, which I was unintentional on my part. Um, but it also blew his mind in like a proud of me way where he's like, holy cow, like he really is going to do this, which gave me confidence. Like, yeah, I am. And so uh, when I got there, I really wasn't sad. I felt like empowered that I now it's on me again. Here I am in one of these another moments where I got to like either dance or, or swim or, or, or drown, you know, and I, I swam. And I just I remember <laughs> I remember in that second apartment that I ended up getting. There was a pool party going on that day when I moved in. And I'm, the guy below me that I met, his name was Dave and his wife, Kathy, I still talk to. Um, they helped me move in. And at the time, you got to understand, like, I'd gone through my whole life known as Josh. That was my birth-given name, Josh and Jared, uh, my twin brother. But I didn't want to be Josh. That was another thing that kind of felt empowering in a weird way. People often say, they're like, oh, would you move to town and the label made you change your name? I'm like, nah, man, I was Jake, like, the day I moved to town. Why? But, Why? But in an instant. Like, in an instant, I changed it. I remember talking to my mom on the way up, like, what am I going to go by? Like, I can't go as Josh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Josh Turner at the time was on the radio. There was a Josh Grayson. There was another guy on the radio. It was great. Uh, and then there was a guy named Josh Owen, which made me solidify it even more. I dropped a CD off under Josh Owen at BMI, like, two weeks before I moved to Nashville. I actually came up here to 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 case the place you know like can i live here and then i went back to tallahassee two weeks later is when i called my parents and said i'm moving tomorrow but while i was here i dropped a, a cd off at the time to bmi up front josh owen whatever when i got back i called them on it they're like yeah uh they said you'd come by the day before and i'm like definitely did not and they're like no we have your album here too and so i went back by there and the album that they had was another guy named josh owen from Texas, who I think was on Nashville Star, maybe even. So there's already a Josh Owen. There was a Josh Turner, Josh Grayson. So I considered, since my middle name's Ryan, there was a moment there I was going to go by J.R., Bobby. J.R. Owen? J.R. Owen, baby. Just call me J.R. Like, my mom watched Dallas as a kid. So there was that guy, J.R. And J.R. sounds cowboy country. Kind of cool, yeah. you know? Would you ever consider Ryan? So Ryan I, Ryan? No, but so this is the funny part. So when I meet Dave and Kathy moving in that day in Bellevue, uh, Wind Chase Bellevue, uh, to my apartment, he's like, "Hey, man, I'm Dave," and I'm like, "I'm Jr." <laughs> <laughs> your so, workshop, you're testing just it, just testing just it out, dude. And my mom had no idea; she overheard me. I could see her, like, like look at me, like almost laughing. I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm looking at her, like, don't say anything. Like, I'm Jr. to this guy; he knows no different. So uh, I'm down on the, I'm down at the pool or whatever. A few minutes later, and I'm meeting some people. He's introing me to that are that are I've already lived in this place, and it's kind of the whole like, hey, he's the new guy. I moved here. He plays music too, and. And I said to this one other guy, I'm like, I'm Jake, man, what's up? And uh, I remember that's when my buddy Dave was like, wait, I thought you said your name was JR. And I was like, 
Well, it is, but I go by Jake. So, like, the Jake Ryan's the Jake. So I'm just going to go by Jake. And it was just easier. And I started going by Jake that day at the pool party. And to this day, that's what everybody's called me. And in a weird way, since I'm 41 now, and I was 22 then, it's like half of my life I was known as one thing, and the other half I've been known as this. And in a weird way, way more people know me now as Jake than ever knew me as Josh. I still don't mind when I go home and some of my friends would call me Josh. They do. Totally. And they can't help it. But then there's some people, too, that call me Josh just to, like, kind of get at me. Because they know, like, if I tell you, if I call you Josh, then you know I know you mm-hmm. before. The and they gym. really didn't, really. And they really didn't. But it's their way of. That's interesting that you break it down age-wise. I mean, I've been Bobby Bones since I was 18. More than I, and more people know me as that than my real name. Herbert Winchester. Yeah, that's a great name, Herb. Well, they said it was too many syllables. So I, didn't, I didn't use it on the radio. Yeah, so Herbert Winchester just... But the old people know me as that back in London. <laughs> that sounds like a London name, Herbert Winchester. <laughs> you talk about leaving college, but you had... what You're like nine hours short, though, huh? Uh, I think 12. I think 12. Any interest in finishing that up? Um, Probably. Not really? No, I would. I'd like to. Like I said, like I... I like to finish things. I don't like to leave things unfinished. What was your degree? Um, English and political science, which was well, honestly because English and political science together could have allowed me if to go to like law school if I wanted to go to law school. Um, which I don't know that I, I don't really love law. I just thought at the time like sounds good to tell people you're going to go to law school. Political science isn't that hard of a major. Uh, I already like English. That works out. I can get by for the next year or two. And people are like, you know, your elders are like, what are you doing with your life? Like, oh, I'm going to go to law school. They're like, cool. Then it's like something to talk about. If you're like, I don't know. I haven't really figured that out yet. The conversation kind of ends there. So I kind of always wanted to pertain or seem smarter than I was. When you move here and you obviously have to make money because you have to pay the rent, you got to eat. How do you make money? What's your very first paying gig here? And how do you get it? Like, what do you do? I caddied at the golf club of Tennessee. So, you know, I didn't expect that that answer. I that okay. So you went and got a real job. I don't know that I'd call cat. Oh well, but that's a I job shouldn't not say in music. I shouldn't say that because I've got a lot of really good friends at my golf club that I'm now a member at, which is weird. You uh, cat. So you caddied at the place that you're now a member of. When yeah, you- and the same guy that was the caddy master of me then is still the caddy master now. Um, and it feels weird to go out there and like when people are like, Hey, Mr. Owen, you know, or whatever. And I was like, I was just, I was just a kid with a white Jersey on like you guys like 15 years ago. Uh, and there's a couple other members out there that were caddies too, that made it and did something, um, which isn't to take anything away. Like I said, like when you, I, when I said, oh, I don't know if I'd say the caddy was a real job. I just meant that like, once again, being self admitting, like I was like, I can go put a couple bags on my shoulder and walk around starting at seven in the morning, uh, till one o'clock carry two bags make some cash money and then have the rest of the afternoon to work on my music and stuff that's a little bit better job than to go work somewhere you know from a nine to five or go work you know doing a job like just i I had more freedom with my job um and it wasn't like digging ditches either if it was something that i enjoyed i loved golf i knew people around golf so i i always what i'm trying to say is i was trying to find the easy way to make some money to where I could still do what I really wanted to do. Uh, I would say if you have to work, though, that's a real job, period. Like, you had to yeah, work. Yeah, I just feel like I didn't, like, maybe it wasn't like, it, 
I, I didn't ever look at it as like a job that I hated. Like I actually liked it. It was cool. Like every morning you're walking the dues on the golf course. The guys you're talking to are successful people, obviously, if they're a member of a club like that. So it was cool to just like learn from those guys and talk, what are you here for? Oh, I'm trying to play music. Maybe, oh, I know a guy in the business. It's, it's like I looked forward to that. Whereas there's some jobs that I think people go to because they have to and they have to and it was and it's something that's maybe not as engaging. So I never my point is I never looked at it as like I was struggling to get by. Like I was lucky enough to have a job that provided me with money and the opportunity to meet cool people and um do what I liked and not feel so stressed out, which was kind of nice. At the golf course I worked at, there was a hierarchy caddy top of people that weren't full-time. Right. Caddy, cart guys, and then me, maintenance. Cool. So you were like royalty, and I was a mere peasant in my golf club. Wow. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't have been my friend because you didn't cross over those economic, you know. So it's cool that we're the same now, huh? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I hated the morning, dude. I once fell asleep driving into work and woke up in somebody's yard because really? I had to get there before the sun went up. We had to mow greens. But you have to do that with your job now. You have to get up before the sun comes up and go to work. Yeah, it was different then because the money was six bucks an hour. Right. It's eight bucks an hour now. I was about to say, so now you just strictly do it for the money? Now it's just like, got to get up, got to do it. But that too was I had a broader plan. I have a broader plan now, right? I do it with motivation of I'm investing into this for bigger. Then I was just like trying to buy school shoes. There's a difference in having to go to work. Do you ever – it's my turn to ask questions. Do you ever – You can have one. It's a, I don't know. I wonder like successful people like yourself, I do this, so I'm self-admitting again. Like no matter what you have or how hard you've worked for it, do you ever fear that it like all be gone tomorrow? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, like in a weird... Like, my, my, my wife is in the room too. I can let you answer this. Yeah. Hop up to the mic real quick. I'm going to put her on because she wants to come in here. She can hop on real quick. Hey. She even said that. We, I don't have to answer the question because I'll just answer it. Okay. What do you think to his answer to that question? Well, then she's answering the question. But, she, but I can say the answer that sounds good. Oh, humble pie. I'm just a humble guy. And I think it'll all be gone tomorrow. Humble, humble. Right? Like that's what it would sound like if I said it. But, right. I, but, I, but she's with me every day. And she has to have, she has to like slap me sometimes to be like, yo, like look at the real world for a second. Right, right. Go ahead. Ask the question again. Just, uh, I look at my life. This isn't. This is a. This is a lead up to the question. So I look at my life a lot. Where I am now, coming from that apartment, I explained and all this stuff and working as a caddy and all. But I still feel like it could be gone at any minute. So I never forget those days of doing that. And I'm. And I know you don't forget those days of working maintenance either. But my question is: Isn't it normal as a man, even when you're to be successful, to still worry that you there's a chance you couldn't be one day? Like, I, like when do you ever feel comfortable? I guess does he feel comfortable every day? Like this is net, this is going to be this way forever, or do you, is that what motivates you? Has to to work hard every day forward. Is that a question? I get what you're saying. Um, definitely, you, Bobby, live life as if. We will be poor tomorrow. I think 50% of the time that's good. It's motivating and it keeps you trying and constantly thinking about the next step. But I think it's a hindrance the other 50% of the time because you're never able to enjoy where you are. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're both very similar in that way, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't relax a lot. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> like, I'm the I'm the perfect like other end of the relax, bro. Like, I, they're talking that to me, so I can. Yeah, I think you both struggle. If I may, you can cut this out with living in the moment, like enjoying what you've worked for and reflecting on all you've done, the successes you have, the the money that you've made because you're so good at what you do, each of you. And you don't just like use those resources or even just use your mind to relax and enjoy whatever is happening at that moment, whether it's a vacation or a dinner or hanging out with your spouses. I, it's admirable. She throws in hanging out with your spouses <laughs> like as the final one. It's admirable, but it's also a struggle. Like I, I can't imagine having the thought process of, what if I lose it all tomorrow? I don't think that way. Um, I don't have trauma in that way, but it must be hard. Thank you. I don't know that I fear it. Not, that was really cool. Great. Well said. I don't know that I, I don't fear like it's going to be gone tomorrow. I just like, like I try to be cautious of it at least, you know, and, and, and like there's times where I just look around, whether it's even with my little girls or, or Erica or, my mom and dad, like I said, I think about them, like, like when, you know, there's always an ending to something and no matter how great and grand life shall seem and be like, I'm always like, man, I, I, I wish I didn't think so much about that. So I guess that was my question. Like, am I the, all right. Am I the only weird one that thinks that I, I live mostly out of fear. And you think most people do though, right? Yeah. Probably. How many people do you know? that are just like, ah, whatever. Caitlin. Yeah. Really? Not whatever, but she's like, I trust everything will be fine. I love that about you, Caitlin. I do. Yeah, that's, she's, that's she's, and then maybe that's why you, that's why that's that's your yang to your your yen, right? You your yang to your yang. Like you need to have that because if you had two people that were in, living in fear, then that's not a good relationship because then you're both living in fear. If you got one that's like there as to comfort you, like no, nah, things are going to be all right. You're like that's what I needed. <laughs> oh, she's coming back up. Here we go. Enjoy this. I do want to say to that, I have the luxury of not having to worry about that because you, Bobby, have worked so hard and. Obviously, we have everything we could need. So, but you, have you been that way since you were a kid, though? Right? Like, yeah, it's all going to be all but right. Honestly, my I had such great parents. Like, I've never, thank God, had to worry about the next day. Right. Yeah, that's, that's so very lucky. That is very lucky. So, I don't think it's necessarily. I mean, nature versus nurture. I think that it's definitely a nurture on both of our parts. Right. Like, I don't think I was born everything's going to be okay. And you were born, everything's going to burn down tomorrow. But I do think that that's just naturally the role that we have to play in each other's lives so that we're both not miserable every single day. And it's healthy for me to have that, but sometimes really hard for me to have that because I don't understand it. And she doesn't understand, but we try to. We also understand we don't understand each other sometimes. But she's also so... I mean, like she understands herself where she's like, this is obviously, I don't exactly understand this trauma, but I know it's coming from something. And you're, and basically she's saying, I know you're acting crazy right now, but she didn't say that in those words. She goes, so I'm just going to, there you go. I get it. Gotta have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been a fear thing. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, 
not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Are you fearful at all now of, I don't know, the next 10 years? You know, it's hard. Once you're 50, unless you're Kenny, like how do you make a career go that long? And are you working towards... keep making good music. Just keep on. I mean, that's what Kenny's done. I mean, he's 50 now. Is he? I, I believe, yes. 50? 51, 52, right? So I'm 41, man. I'm not really thinking about that. Uh, God, I am. Are you? Yesterday. 54. My, I don't think about that. I, I don't... I don't think I thought when I moved, I didn't think when I moved to Nashville at 23, 22, like where was, where am I going to be when I'm 35? Like, I just wasn't thinking that. I was just like, I want to just go do this because I love it. I think what I think about is what am I going to do when I don't love it? That's what it is. I don't necessarily think about what am I going to do when I'm 50? Am I going to still be saying, whoa, oh, never going to grow up? Because people are going to be like, you did. You're 50 now. But I think you know that's I mean? okay. As long as, <laughs> like, as, long as you've been doing us. it since then, you're good. Never you going to slow down. Click the Backstreet Boys. They're like, you're slower than you were. Never going to I can't lie to people. I can't slower. lie to people. What I, and, and most importantly, I think when people will stop seeing me do what I do, it's because I'm, no, I'm not loving it anymore. It's not because I'm old. Just I'll be like, I just don't love it like I used to, and I'm not going to do something I don't love. I'd rather be around the people I love and figure out a way to live that life. Do you still love it? Yeah, yeah, I do. There's days that uh, I question why, you know, why I do. What's the hardest part about it? Um, I would definitely say the hardest part about what we do, I do, other artists, um, would definitely be the the 
the travel, the the coming home and um, only having a couple days to not only do what you weren't able to get done while you were gone for two days, but then be the person you need to be for those two days at your home, like for the person and people that you love. Uh, so that's hard. Um, but other than that, there's also a, a beauty in newness every day, like meeting someone new, seeing someone smile, see like this year on tour, like seeing these, some of these kids whose parents, uh, think about it, you know, like in a way, like when I got my record deal at 23, 24, um, by the time I was 30, 31, I had my first child. So my little girl is 10 now, now that I'm 41. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that have listened to my music that were my age too, that liked my music at my age at 24, 25, they got married or they met each other at my shows and then they've had kids and now they bring their like eight or 10 year old out to our shows. And they're like, Hey, this is Jake Owen. Like, this is the guy that we like, we met at his show or whatever. And that's kind of weird, but there's a beauty to that. And I enjoy those types of things. So for every little thing that I don't love about it, there's so much that I do that I think, Whoa, like, at the end whoa. of the day, yeah, I think, whoa, oh, <laughs> I've really grown up, whoa, oh. I'm kind of starting to slow down. What if I should just do a new version of that? You could, an updated. <laughs> yeah, blue eyes and silver hair, <laughs> well, you sitting knitting on a, you know, Afghan over there. When you uh, moved to town, you got a record deal at 23, how, how long until you got a record deal did you get a publishing deal first? Yeah. It was everything huge, dude. Was I it was all balling. was it all kind of in order like normal? Or did you come to town and was it a little quicker, a little slower? No, nah, it was it was wild. Most people that know my story would tell you that it was like kind of fairy taleish. Uh, and a lot of like just like buzzworthy things that I just preyed upon in a weird way of I say preyed upon is the wrong word. Like I, I, I used to as as uh, kind of trampolines to the next thing. So I got a, I got a interest rather quickly when I moved to town based off some friends that helped me a lot. Because of what? Um, songs you've written? Your, so I was writing, so I wrote a bunch of songs. Nobody knew who I was. See, that's the other thing. There's a lot that kids can learn coming to this town. Like, there's a, like nowadays we live in a society where everything has to be blasted. You know what I mean? Like, look at me on TikTok. I have this many followers. Look, this song's streaming this many things. So-and-so, like, do you know this person? Like, oh my God, they're blowing up. What people forget too is there's like a real big beauty and no one knowing anything about you until they need to. Do you know what I'm saying? So in a backwards way, I was lucky enough to have someone in my life at the time and still is Jimmy who was like, hey man, you're not going to be the guy. Like at the time you have to, most people have to understand too, there was no TikTok or Twitter when I got my record deal. So there wasn't that type of sensation of people already knowing me before they ever met me. Like you kind of got known by your music. So, or by your reputation in town, like people, you come to Nashville, you go hang out at the bars, you meet people, you write songs, people have opinions of you. And if it's good, maybe you can get some good momentum in town. If it's not good, you're going to struggle before anybody ever even hears your songs. Right. So Jimmy would say, Who's Jimmy? Jimmy Ritchie is my buddy who produced my first two albums and helped me with my music. And we wrote everything on the first two records, but he was like, Hey man, I'd rather you come to my house every day and night and let's just write songs and build a catalog of awesome things with other awesome writers and get a good thing going and you build positive things, then go be a 23-year-old kid down on Broadway or wherever, just like, you know, doing stupid stuff. And so thankfully to him, because I probably would have done exactly that, um, I was smarter about it. And I just wrote a bunch of songs. I had some momentum. 
I wrote a song that Kenny Chesney was going to record. Ghost? Yeah. And uh, then I put it on my my album, that first album. But because of that and getting a hold by Kenny Chesney and people wondering who I was, I got a lot of momentum, got a record deal, got a publishing deal that was just like stupid money at the time for what I... I didn't even have a record deal yet. And so they gave me some crazy stupid money. Um for me, at least at the time, me going like, yeah, right. Like my life is going to change like overnight. Um, and so it did. It freaking changed. And then I went out immediately with Kenny Chesney and then Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson and it was off to the races, man. And I'm not so sure at the time that I was ready for all that, even though mentally I told myself I was, but like just like from a physical standpoint and actual ability to do it, like I don't know that I was ready. But I, like again, back to what I said earlier, Put me in a situation where I have to either swim or drown, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna swim until you drown. Until I drown, you so only get one shot. You drown, it's over. Right. So there's definitely you said dance or swim or drown. Now it was a weird. You could dance well, or swim. Well, the swim or drown thing is a good, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, what's the opposite of dance flop. though? Is uh, dance I, or I don't know. That's why I went to swim. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I just making sure we we're. What would be fish. the dancing? Because I'd like to use it sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, get shot in the leg. I don't know. Dance or. Don't dance. Yeah, I just go with swim. Or well, I figured you'd know since you're a dancer. Yeah, but I'm the opposite of that. I should have not danced. Right. Would you ever do that show? Not now. No. Not now. Before like you even you, before you ever did it, I was like, no way. I, I'd have people ask me like, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, I could not do that. So I'm proud that you could. You could. could. You could have. Well, like, I'm I'm a swimmer more than a dancer. Yeah. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. You made a statement online after, after the hospital visit, and you said, I haven't slept well in a long time. That's what I'd come to find out after going to the hospital. That's my only issue. I literally do not sleep. Anything that's happened since then, and what was that about? That was about me not sleeping, man. I, I just wasn't sleeping. I was losing a lot of weight. Um, I was probably just like getting all, I don't know. It's weird because I've not really been doing anything any different since then. Sometimes you just need people to tell you you're okay. Really? Is that what they told you? You're okay? Yeah. Everybody was like, <laughs> they were, yeah. They they were like, they made me feel better than I did by just telling me things that I I don't know that I needed. They they were just telling me honest things. Like I'd convinced myself I was, you know, dying. Like I'm gonna die out here on the road. Like I'm out here, you know, doing this all the time, and I'm missing little things back home, and um, my family's like been affected by it, and I don't want this to be the way that life's supposed to be. Like this is what I love. Like why is it the thing I love? Um, it's like that song by Alan Jackson, you know, everything I love, I want to have to give it up because everything I love is killing me. Uh, that's how I felt. Like I felt like I was living an Alan Jackson song. So whenever you find out that something isn't really wrong with you, does that change your perspective? Do you, did you live a different way? Like, was there, was it lighter? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I think Erica would tell you that. I just, I think if anything, what I, what I found out was, is, um, kind of what Caitlin was saying earlier, like, just kind of like relax a little bit and everything's going to be okay. Like, don't, you can convince yourself such negative things when that's all you stress on and harp on. But when you're like, Hey, nothing I worry about over the next 15 or 20 minutes, which to personally, sometimes to all of us can seem like a lifetime, but over those next, you could spend those next 15 or 20 minutes just doing something different, being finding something else to be happy about. Do you feel like you're a happier person now than five years ago? Than five years ago? Yeah. I hope so. Three years ago? Yeah. I I mean, I hope I'm happier today than I was yesterday. Do you feel like you are purposefully happy? I feel like I'm still figuring everything out, man. I don't, I feel like I'm still like, I'm 41, but I still feel like that 22, three-year-old kid that drove here. Like, I know I can do this. I'm excited to do it. Can I? You I'm still that guy. Like, you feel more positive. Like I, I still am. To me than in past years. Yeah, I mean, because well, thankful. Thanks. I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't intentionally wake up every day and go like I'm going to be way more positive today, uh, which I probably should. I try to preach that. Um, I think people listen to my music and the type of music I put out would think that like, man, this guy's barefoot and in the sunshine all the time, and he's just like. He's a dude. Like, <laughs> and I am, but I have just like everyone else, you know, I got things that I'm just trying to be better at. Trying, I try to learn something each day. So we talk about the masterclass stuff. Like I try to, I looked at Erica this morning and was like, Hey, we like, like we have a lot of friends right now going through like a lot of crazy stuff. And, um, and that's what even Tyler Hubbard, not to drop his name again, said to me at lunch. He's like, how's everything with you, man? Everything good. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. Like life is great, man. And I, and I say that because just this morning I told Eric, I was like, so many friends going through so much stuff right now that, like, we're not. 
and life is good. And that's when you really have to like, when life is good is when you really need to be thankful for it. Then when life isn't and you're, it's like when you're sick and you're, you were trying to remember what it felt like to feel good. And so I feel really good right now. And I want to remember what this feels like. And I want that to spread throughout my family as well. And uh, hopefully telling other people too, man, life is great. It's awesome. That also helps them because nobody wants to hear someone say, hey, man, how's, how's everything? And then you sit there and listen to them just bleh. You know, nobody wants to hear that. More front lobe? Front lobe all day, baby. <laughs> Let's go. That's the, that's the saying? Stay in that front lobe, man. Trademark that. So right. the, the front, because the front lobe does what? Front lobe, from what I've learned, is is where you know your majority of children really live, and until you, they progressively, you know, through experiences and things like that, you tend to live more the way we're wired as humans into a more back lobe brain. Front lobe being more joyful, creative, uh, spontaneous, carefree, all those which are great qualities. Uh, rear being more protective, um, anxious, the things that we don't really need in our lives so you can have the choice of where you kind of want to live you do not have jakeowen.com but you have jakeowen.net yes what's the deal what will they not sell it to you or are they asking an insurmountable amount of money i'd rather i don't know i don't never really thought of it that way i just knew that when i couldn't get the calm i was like i'm cool with net <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean i'm about that net sounds front lobe to me yeah so i was cool with it i never really overthought it like that so you asked me i don't know that i've forever you know now he goes back lobe. Now I'm like, now, now I go what, back, lobe, spirals back lobe to the manager. Why do I not have jakeowen.com? No. I got a couple more questions for you. Uh, there was a story about you in the Tennessean because there was a restaurant. And Kayla and I were having lunch. and We saw a big line coming out of a place where we were eating lunch. And we're like, I wonder what's going on over there. And we found out it was a place that was closing after I don't know how many years. And they were closing because they wanted to close. They wanted to retire. And they were doing these stories about it leading up to it. And there was a story, and you weren't interviewed for the story. It wasn't you putting it out there. But the owner of the story, and I'm going to have you tell it, but, but don't, oh, man, just like literally tell it. I'm, I'm begging you to tell the story as is. Uh, the story was about you helping them out years and years ago. It never came out until she told the story. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, um, and I, I told you this. That's why I was so, so flattered by it, really. Uh, and there's a great George Steinbrenner quote that I saw on the wall when I went to Yankee Stadium one time that says, like, uh, you do good things for other people, uh, but if someone else finds out about it, then you did it for the wrong reasons. Um, like you just you're supposed to do good things for people because it's the thing to do, not for for the people to talk about it. And um, so this particular scenario, when I moved to town, which is a great kind of segue off of what we all talked about earlier, uh, I would go to Arnold's on Eighth Avenue because it kind of felt like home to me. Like my mom always made like home cooking and. I, I grew up that way down home, down south with my with my grandma, my granddad. My nanny was a good cook, still is. Um, and so I'd go in there and have like rare roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy and whatever. And I got to know the people that owned Arnold's, which has been there since I think the 50s. Um, and everybody from Dolly Parton to Charlie, uh, you know, John Prine, all kinds of folks go in there. Um, and I just loved it. It's like meet and three meaning you go in there and grab your your tray and walk down the line and grab the food that you want to grab and so i would do that and uh jordan spieth is calling me should i answer this <laughs> yeah answer it he did this to me on an interview one time answer it what's up what's up partner tell him you're with me i am a very random i am in the middle of an interview right now 
And okay. I'm with Bobby Bones actually on doing a radio, like a, a podcast. And I said, and my phone was ringing. I was going to send it to voicemail. And then a lot like the last time you were on an interview, I, I guess somebody's like, Jake, oh, it's going on your phone. So uh, I said I had to answer. So are you just excited about our playing possibilities coming up? I'm just really excited that we're finally going to win the Pro-Am version. We're going to go off this year. <laughs> I'm going Are off. you guys playing together? We for are. Sure? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I'm going off. I will uh I will I will buzz I'll buzz you back. All right, sounds good. See you. See you, buddy. He's right here. See you, man. Never heard of him. Anyway. That's so cool. Man, like <laughs> you ever like you know what I mean? Like that's cool. Like that I, I know cool. that he's even my partner, but like sometimes I'm like, are we really partners? Is he, are we buddies? You know? That's cool to get a call he's from. He's awesome, dude. I mean he I played with him because you were like, Hey, you should play with him and you called Jordan, and you're like, Hey, play, yeah. play with Bobby and I play awesome dude. He's a great kid. Yeah. So you're, you're at this restaurant. At this restaurant, uh, and I meet, you know, Rose Arnold, who's, who runs it, and her sons, um, Khalil, Mons, Franz. She has two daughters. I got to know all of them for years. And uh, one of the times I was in there visiting, Mons was going through, uh, had like some type of a brain tumor, I think it was. Had to have surgery like on his, on his skull to remove this or do some sort of procedure. And they were really worried. She was worried about how they were going to fly with the pressure. And and I don't know, just I have a tour bus, so I wasn't thinking or anything. Like, just take my tour bus. I'm not on the road. Take it up there. My driver will pick you guys up tomorrow, take you there, bring you back, whatever you need. Like, just say, and they did. What, and, year, what year was that? I don't know. Guess. 2010, roughly. maybe, I guess. 2010, probably. Um, and... They were always so sweet about it. You know, like I go in there like I always did. And like there'd be times where they would just be like, hey, we want to you know, take care of your lunch or something. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, they just always treated me like their family. Um, and anyways, it was really flattering to think that as many people they've had come through that restaurant, as many scenarios and the types of folks that have come through there and all the incredible stories I'm sure they have to share for what that restaurant became to people, like a second home. Um, a place of comfort. Like to think that when I saw that article that day, um, like it got to me because there are times where you, you wonder if like uh, when you do good for people, like if they you don't do it, like I said, because but you do it because you hope that they remember the kind of person you are. And uh, it just made my day. I was like, dang, like they could have talked about anything over the last 50 years of this restaurant. And she just happened to talk about me doing that for them. Um, and to me, to be able to be remembered for that kind of thing, forget everyone else knowing, because I never wanted, never cared for anyone else to know, but that it meant enough to her and their family that they remembered me like that. And not like, she didn't say like, this guy was a singer, you know, whatever. Like it was just someone that did something for them and their family. Like that's what I, that's, that's my coolest story about Nashville so far. Like people of what people remember me for. So, that was cool, man. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. it's cool. Uh, drinking, you, you still sober? Yes. How has that been a change in your life? That's the last question, by the way. Uh, it's been awesome. It's been really good. It's been cool too because I've encouraged a lot of people, friends of mine, to do the same. That I think have seen me and they're like, "Dang, man! Like, given I haven't seen you drinking like over a year and a half," and uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, you don't need it." So I feel way better. I make better decisions. Um, you can still, I mean, I still drink alcoholic, like, uh, not, excuse me, alcoholic. I still drink non-alcoholic beers. 
which I enjoy. There's so many companies now, like this athletic beer company that makes uh, non-alcoholic like IPAs and things. So I can still get the idea of, I never had a drinking problem, but when I did drink, I just wasn't a good person. I don't want to be that guy anymore. So uh, now I'll just drink some non-alcoholic IPAs every now and then or something, Bud, Bud Whites. And, uh, They're called Bud Whites? Is that well, like Bluemates? Well, yeah, so they're, the non-alcoholic Budweiser's come in a white can. Oh, so it is called Bud White. Well, I it, call them Bud White. Oh, that's funny. Because there's okay. blue ones and red ones, and then the all-white ones, people would see me drinking them, and they're like, what are those? I'm like, they're non-alcoholic. The Bud, I was like, get you a Bud White, baby. <laughs> like, I actually feel like, like Budweiser needs me. Like, I'd be like, yo, there's something. Everybody talks about, like, want to have fun this Super Bowl? Grab a Bud Light. You know what I mean? It's like. Do you want to still have fun with the Super Bowl? <laughs> get a Bud White. Like, you know what I mean? Drive home afterwards. Like, not worry about it. Okay, you guys get tickets. Go to jakeowen.net. Uh, in the intro, we talked about the single, which is, I love the song. It's hey, great. thank it's you, man. Song. Thank you for playing it. Uh, and it was good. Thanks. We, two things. We did an hour, mm-hmm. over an hour. And two, my trainer's outside, and I got to go work out now. Sweet, I gotta, sweet. Uh, good. And I feel like with your blessing, I can now wear my jumpsuit. 100 percent man caitlin i love that like you know it's one of those things where you could have been like why are you wearing a jumpsuit dude exactly but a lot of people i'm noticing now that i'm wearing it they're like i kind of want to wear one too i actually got one for erica we saw one at target and i was like you should wear this be on that jumpsuit team exactly and she didn't like the way it fit it's the red but if it were another color i could wear it it's like you only get one statement i have many statements yeah, if this is striped or orange, I probably wouldn't wear it. If it's orange, you probably need to be picking up litter. Yeah, yeah, or striped, you know, being yeah. like, like... Yeah. But this is kind of like Carhartt color. It's kind of nice. It's comfortable. I recommend it. Yeah, I'm just jealous. Enjoy your workout. All right, at Jake Owen Official. Follow them. The new single's up there down here. And go to jakeowen.net to get tickets to the show. Travis Denning, our buddy, will be out there. And Travis is really good and active. A lot of energy. Guy can play. Only left-handed yes. guitar I can play in town. He's the only guy that's around that brings his. I can go, hey, let me play something. Otherwise, nobody's left-handed. And we get treated like prize. That's right. Good times. Thanks you, for having he's me. clapping for himself because he's ready to go. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Hey, thank, thank you, you Caitlin. Mike. Thank you, Erica. Thank you to all the thank troops. You guys. Thank you to Boy Scouts. Thank you to Ms. Hawkersmith, big influence in my life. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank Coach Gandalf. And that's all. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.